gentlemen, welcome to Freedom Wire, your number one source of patriotic truth. Freedom Wire crew is in the house, and today we're going to be talking about Kamala Harris's recent speech, uh, declaring or uh, accepting her nomination as Biden's VP pick, as well as the lies about Don, uh, the lies of Donald Trump that she told that we will debunk during this whole episode. Um, now. I'm gonna go ahead and make a make a uh, confession. I didn't watch the speech. I just I had no interest, and I really didn't. Uh, and I really don't have TV, so it's not that easy. I just have to I'd have to Google search it. But my fellow crew members did watch it, and we're gonna get into it, and we're gonna go ahead and debunk those lies. So um, let's jump into it. Uh, who who did watch it? Did I, everybody watch it, or am I the only one that didn't watch it? I, I think you're alone. I think you're alone. Wait, good. Thanks for doing your job. <laughs> I stand alone. Yeah. Oh, it was great. <laughs> she's such a lovely, pleasant person. I mean, she's not nasty at all. I mean, well, on on the nasty thing, you you've already seen. You know, uh, Trump called her nasty. A couple other people threw that word around, and of course, immediately as soon as anyone tries to criticize that speech, they're they're running with like. Oh, you know, it's it's only racism and sexism that's making people critical of it. So I I think we want to clarify right off the top, we're going to be very critical of what she said because what she said was untrue. Uh, there were a lot of problems with it, and she is a politician to the core who you know man manipulates people and uh, lies about things, and none of that has anything to do with her being a person of color or a woman, or anything. It's about her specifically, what she does, and what she says. I, I, you know, it sucks that we have to clarify that, but I feel like that's important to say right off the bat here. Well, let's get into her speech, shall we? So, starting off, she started, early on in the speech, she started talking about her relationship with Bo Biden, you know, like a friendship, when he was still alive, his uh, son that passed, tragically passed away really young. And uh, they were and when he was the Attorney General of Delaware, she was the Attorney General of California. They worked together in some cases, blah blah blah. And she goes on to say, "Well, he because Bo was a great guy," she says, "and like where did you get get this from?" She like my and he's like my dad. He taught us all this. He's an honorable guy, that kind of stuff. And I go on the surface, that's pretty touching, you know. It's like that's nice or whatever. Then I got to thinking, like, if he wait a second, then why did you call his honorable father a racist and a bigot and, and, you know, basically, and, and, and a sexual assaulter. But I mean, a, and so, if, so I, so he's like, she's basically just using her, his dead son as a prop. So she's willing to lie about anything, even, even his, his now deceased son. It's just, she is just, she's the worst of the worst. I don't know what else to say. I mean, I have a lot to say, but I thought that right off the bat when she started with that is I'm like, Oh, that's nice at first. But then like, Wait a second. Look at what you just said about his his dad. It's like, and now now he hires you to be his vice presidential pick, and it's different. She lies about everything. I mean, when we when we get into her speech, all she does is like she just projects her what she wishes Trump was doing. She says that Trump caused um, terrible unemployment. But Trump inherited a great economy from Obama and then ran it into the ground. She said uh, she was trying to talk about you know Trump's not letting um, kids go back to school and saying that he's the one preventing schools from reopening. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Obviously, he has like a whole task force set up right now to get schools to reopen. Just flat out lied about everything. Yeah, and 
on on what Ryan was saying, like she, she very clearly lies about stuff because she's kind of in an impossible place here. Uh, now that she's Biden's vice presidential pick, she wants to obviously show she's supporting the team because this is her, you know, best bet to get into the White House by siding with Biden here. But yeah, like like Ryan mentioned on the debate stage, like right before um, the the primary elections, and you know when she dropped out and everything. During that debate, she called Biden a racist. She did that multiple times. She did it very aggressively. She also said that she, you know, believed and supported the women who accused Joe Biden of, you know, sexual harassment, sexual sexual assault, all that stuff. So now that she, you know, not only is saying, you know, he's an honorable man and, you know, she had a good relationship with his son, but also that she's, you know, more than happy to get behind everything he stands for, either she was lying about believing women and being against racism or she's lying now when she's telling us that joe biden's an honorable man one way or the other somebody is not telling the truth here and it, it really is concerning that she you know compromise one value or the other just for the sake of being in power because for her to be you know one bad day for biden away from being the president it, it's a little concerning that this lack of you know, consistency and character would be what's being put forward as our best option right now. Yeah. Well, let's also go through, like, so what she said about the economy is cracks me up. Like Grace said, we're going back to that a little bit. That she, I w I'm old enough to remember the Obama presidency. It was all of four years ago. You know, it seems like forever ago. Um, but I lived through the whole thing and the economy wasn't so hot. Matter of fact, the Federal Reserve had to pump trillions of dollars in the economy if Obama and Remember those stimulus, that shovel-ready projects that you kept talking about? That didn't do, didn't do anything. It was the worst recovery in American history. The GDP growth never reached 3% in any of those years. So to say that he saved his economy and Trump inherited this booming economy is just factually, statistically wrong and false. And then when Trump came in, it got a boom. The stock market went all-time highs. Unemployment was at all-time, basically all-time lows, at least the lowest in 50 years. By the way, Ryan... It boomed before he even took office. The stock market started taking off immediately after uh, he won the election. It, it, it was the Trump bump, and they kept expecting it to uh, to correct itself, and it never really did. Well, I think I mean I think more than anything, they knew Trump wasn't. So Obama for eight years, all those regulations on businesses he put in there the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, all these different things he did to hinder businesses, they knew at least at worst Trump wasn't going to do that. You know what I mean? So they're like, like, yeah, exactly. They're like, at least Trump, even if he doesn't do anything else, at least he's not going to get in our way. And he's done more than that, obviously. But I'm just saying, I'm making the point. So I think that's why the stock market went up in those two months before he was inaugurated. Yeah, Obama literally, literally regulated me out of a job. Uh, I had to deal with the SEC for stuff that I shouldn't have had to deal with. And I am now, you know, luckily I found this and I love you guys. I love hanging out and talking to you guys. And, and this is actually much more enjoyable than my old job, especially when I had uh, Uncle Obama doing me the favor of do, putting in regulations at a breakneck pace and that I didn't know what was legal from one day to the next. So it, it, there was, he put, he didn't put a governor on, on the recovery. He put handcuffs, a governor, and then locked it up in a straitjacket. 
That's what Obama did to the recovery. And, and Trump was able to, what was it? He, Trump made, the best thing Trump did was you have to get rid of two um, regulations for every new one. For every it's actually more like seven to one or something. It's even better than that. He's even cut it a lot, lot more than he even said he was. He's the first, even more than Reagan. Reagan would have liked to have done more, but in the in, of Republican in modern history to actually be able to pass through cutting regulations. He's and that was that's awesome. And it doesn't get talked enough about enough. I don't think. Yeah, he, he's gone. Out there. Go ahead, Grace. Oh, I'm just gonna say he gets ignored when he does. Like he just did a huge press conference last month um, touting that seven to one um, regulation cutting, but nobody covers it. Yeah, he, he's gone out of his way basically for his entire presidency to undo a lot of the nonsense that Obama put into place. And it's, it's more than just economic restrictions, although that's definitely been one of the biggest things he's done. Because, you know, he also tried to, you know, uh, repeal DACA which ended up not working, but at the very least, he tried to use the proper channels of government to make it happen. Um, and that's why Democrats oppose him on all these things. It's not that he's doing the wrong thing. He's just reversing what Obama did. And because, you know, even now, four years after leaving office, Obama is still the Democratic chosen one. Uh, and any, anything that smears his legacy or implies he did something wrong is just absolutely horrible. And because they're so unwilling to give Trump a win, that's why they have to try to pretend like somehow, again, four years after he's been out of office, Obama is responsible for a good economy. But, you know, they'll, they'll say Obama's responsible for a good economy, but as soon as the economy tanks because of the pandemic, it's, it's Trump's fault. And Trump is the only one controlling the economy all of a sudden. Uh, this is getting back into what Kamala Harris was saying during her, her recent speech. Uh, in an article that Grace wrote, it's actually live on Freedom Wire right now, so go check that out. You you, you kind of laid out basically all the things she said. Most of them focused on the relationship between the pandemic and the economy, and yet somehow that's not Obama's fault. You know, even though uh, reports indicated that during you know several of the health scares during the Obama administration, they just depleted our supply of uh, medical technologies and supplies and they never restocked them, that's kind of Obama's fault, but nobody's ever going to mention that. So I, I guess now I can turn it over to, to you guys, to, or Grace specifically, to list the, the lies she told. But Yeah, and let, let, let's keep it to this, like, the top three lies she told, and let's debunk those. Because we could see, I'm, I'm, you know... Well, we are right now. This is the Obama-Biden. We are debunking. Right, right, right. But, like, because like, uh, Connor was just talking about, like, listing them. So, you know, going down the list, let's, let's stick with the, like, the biggest ones that are, or, or maybe the most popular ones. That like, if you want the full list, it's, like I said, in Grace's yeah. article. That's how many lies she told. We have to, like, talk about which ones we should talk about that are most important. <laughs> she got no um, from the media. None. Mm -hmm. I watched, none. I no. They didn't. There's only two, only two did, um, except us. But um, I've, I pointed out like seven big lies that she told, but I think the three worst ones, like I said, were about um, how said, she said that Trump ran the economy into the ground and she destroyed Obama's great economy. And she said that Trump is responsible for the three times in un high unemployment rates of what it used to be. And 
she said that he's trying to keep schools closed, basically. Yeah, I, I actually have those those statements right here. I have uh, statements. Okay. Let, let's let's hit let's hit them one at a time. Let's the, the first one. So direct okay. quote from Kamala Harris right here on that first one. The president's mismanagement of the pandemic has plunged us into the worst economic crisis since the Great Depression. Let's debunk that because that right there could be a whole episode as to, you know, <laughs> okay. crap in there. Okay, so, so, so basically, when, 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 does she not realize how the American government works? Does she not realize that this is a, a we are a federated republic? And the states are who make the final call on what happens in said state. This is not an autocracy from the federal government. The fe there is a reason it was set up this way. And if she doesn't understand how the econ or how the federal government works versus state government, then maybe she shouldn't be running for vice president. Right. And the and the thing is that. Even uh, even putting that aside, Sean, is she Trump has been trying to get people to open the governors to open the economy, and then every time he does, he says he wants people to die. He doesn't care if they get the corona. And so so she can't have it both ways. She can't. Well, I mean, it wasn't she, his mismanagement that caused the economic downturn. He had great management of the pandemic. We locked the country down. So I don't know what she's talking about. Well, and she got him everything. She got the governors every, or he got the governors everything they needed with the PPE and the ventilators and the testing. So it's not even true. That's the one thing I wish Trump, and he's trying. He's trying. They've been doing those press conferences again. He's got to reclaim that narrative from them. He's done, like, he's done everything he can. And you're right, Sean. It's a federal system. The rest is up to the governors. His his early uh, virus control measures were criticized. You know, he shut down travel from China. And people, including Joe Biden, called him a racist. And uh, people like you know Nancy Pelosi and Bill De Blasio all said, "Hey, you know, it's 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 fine. Go out, hang out in Chinatown, go to Chinese New Year parades." And AOC uh, ran lots of different stuff about how you know you needed to eat at Chinese restaurants because it was racist that you know people were thinking the Chinese coronavirus was actually a problem. Um, and then all of a sudden it shifts and everyone realizes how big of a problem it is. And suddenly nobody remembers all the early stuff Trump did. He went out of his way to try to make sure people were prepared for it. There's obviously stuff we could have done better all around, but he wasn't trying to be a tyrannical president who took authority away from state governments because that's not how this country is supposed to work. They, 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 it's not that they don't remember, they, they choose not to mention it. Let's be honest, it's not that they don't have an idea. It's not that they don't remember that Trump shut down travel to China when we got our very first case. Remember that, it was one case and they wanted us to shut down travel to the rest of the world with one case. And then when he shut down travel to Europe, they said the same thing. Trump is, uh, what's the word uh, where you're afraid of? What's, uh, I'm- Euphobic. What's that? Maybe xenophobic, they yeah, said. Yeah, xenophobic because he shut down travel to, to Europe. What? Yeah. It's they like, it, 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 look, it, we've said it before. Trump could literally cure cancer by himself. And what would the left do? Oh, Trump wants to put doctors out of business. 
That's exactly what would happen. So I'm just looking at Trump's Twitter feed right now. The top six here are all charts showing the how the economy's rebounding. So he's on to that already. Uh, he should be. He's because he they made a strategic mistake yesterday by she did by going after the policies like she did because they're they're easily debunked. They're easily to debunk, and Trump can run on those. If it, you know, like what, you know, if you look at polls, Trump's problem is with some or lot, some voters is more on the personality leader, you know, the style. But on the policies, that's a mistake to go after his policies because they're irrefutable. They can refute every one of, of her talking points yesterday because uh, he's been very successful in policy, no doubt about it. Yeah, and that and um, the American people understand that. The American people understand that what's happening in America has nothing to do with Donald Trump or his policies. It has everything to do with a pandemic that was scared up into a frenzy by the mainstream media that had an agenda. Uh, what's, what's line number two? Give me, give me that line or give us that line. Do you want to Connor, you got the remind me which, which was the one you said was, was number two, Grace. Line number two, um, is just look at where they Trump and Pence have gotten us millions of kids who cannot go back to school. <laughs> this one is ab absolutely insane. Um, weirdly enough, this one gets me angrier than the economic one, because right now, across the country and in various states, there are teachers unions that are on strike, refusing to go back to school until the state implements universal basic income, universal health care, and all sorts of other... And no charter schools. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and abolish charter schools. That's a whole other thing. If and suddenly they, they like to pretend like they care about the kids, this is never about the kids. And for Kamala Harris to come out and say that, you know, it's Trump and Pence who are stopping kids from going back to school. He comes out almost every day and talks about how it's important to reopen schools. And then they say, oh, if you want kids to go back to school right now, it's because you want children to die. It's a death sentence for a child to step foot in a school during all this stuff. You know, that. denying all the science that currently shows, you know, young children are less likely to be infected or even, you know, have symptoms or transmit the virus to somebody else. So, you know, you'd yeah. think that, you know, these, these kids would be safe. And if Kamala Harris really cares about sending kids back to school, she'd use some of her influence in the Democratic Party to convince them to stop fighting school reopenings. But yeah, that's what ask. Well, and it's such an asinine uh, standard because even just in general, this whole we can't go back to school coronavirus, far more kids die from the flu every year than it come, that doesn't even come close to how many die from, you know, to corona. It's a lot less the people that die from the coronavirus. It's a terrible argument to begin with. So we, by that, by their standard, we should never have school ever again because there's a risk that they might get the flu, they might get the coronavirus. It's an ass, and again, and it's, but Trump is trying to point out, they always say follow the science. So Trump's tr following the science. He's looking at the data that says that kids get it. Even if they get it, most of them are asymptomatic. And if they get it, they can't really transmit it to, their, to older yeah, people. They yeah, they're, they're really not um, yeah. uh, carriers for it either. No, exactly. it's like this, and, and, and look, that is the science. Mm -hmm. that the left says, oh, you guys don't believe in science. That is the science. That is literally the science. Yeah, I do. That's why I believe there's only two genders, by the way, or two sexes. And as soon as the science says that it, it is safe for kids to go back to school and, you know, 
young children don't have that much of a risk, suddenly all the leftist media outlets conveniently have statistics showing like 90,000 kids testing positive for coronavirus. Um, you know, before, like even still to this day, you can count on one hand the number of young children who have died because of the virus. And even a lot of them are questionable. Like there was one case where I, I believe the child was asphyxiated by, you know, either on ac or by accident or on purpose, and it was listed as a COVID death. So the, the, the screwy test results that are used for adults are also applying to kids. But now all of a sudden, once it's almost impossible to deny the science that says it's safe for kids to go back to school, suddenly we have all these cases that... The, the CDC is even backing Trump. Mm -hmm. The CDC mm -hmm. said that there is more damage being done to these children by keeping them out of school than putting them in. You know who else said this? The American Pediatric Association says they should go back to school. They're really, they're really for that. They, they always, Trump always brings them up because they talk about um, the adverse effects that happen to kids when they stay out of school too long, like abuse and just developmental effects and suicides, especially on teenagers. So, yeah. And yeah. also, uh, there have been, you know, countless stories I've seen lately about uh, special needs kids who really only get their their therapy, their socialization, and everything that they need by going to schools with people who know how to properly educate someone with, you know, a variety of handicaps. So their their development is being severely stunted by being forced to stay home. And not that their parents can't take care of them, but like being around other people, being around trained professionals is kind of how this works. That's what helps them. So kids of all kinds are like severely disadvantaged by not being able to receive an education right now. And yeah. for them to try to pretend like it is, you know, Donald Trump and Mike Pence standing in front of the kids, stopping them from going back to school. When the oh, Democrats, George Wallace. Yeah, they have been fighting to keep yeah. kids out of schools for months now while Trump is trying to convince people to let them go back. And mm -hmm. this is another reason Kamala Harris just explicitly lied, and it's very easy to debunk that. And yet nobody called her out on it when she said it. All right, let's hit, let's hit lie number three. Lie number three. Six years ago, in fact, we had a different health crisis. It was called Ebola. We all remember that pandemic. It wasn't a pandemic. It wasn't a pandemic. <laughs> it, was an epidemic in, it, it was an epidemic in Africa. It was not a pandemic. Right. There was what about H1N1? Yeah. How, yeah. how many people got infected with Ebola in the United States during that outbreak? A few dozen at the most. Mm -hmm. We had like, Zika was worse. Yeah. Swine flu was was supposed to be a huge thing. Like 25, 25 million people died because of swine, or 25,000 people died during the H1N1 in America, and nobody batted an eye. Didn't mention nobody, a said, nobody did a thing. And that happened under Obama. Yes. Like, Twenty-five thousand people is not a small number. No, and I mean, and, and think about think about the hysteria of COVID before we even we even got to de uh, death number one thousand. But not to mention, it's the It's not near Ebola. It's not nearly as contagious than the COVID. So it's it's a stupid argument that doesn't even make any sense. Like, you can't make parallel arguments or whatever. Ebola is spread like specifically through contact with 
the bodily fluids of an infected person. That's the only way to get it. Coronavirus, like, is a completely different thing. They're they're not even comparable, really. You, you, why, yeah, hold on. Well, why are you giving Obama credit for overcoming Ebola when he essentially did nothing and it wasn't all that much to overcome? And then trying to compare that to Trump trying to fight coronavirus, like they're not even similar. But you're also conveniently overlooking the fact that you know he sat by and did nothing for swine flu, which killed way more people. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. What, you know what this tells me, and it should tell everybody, is they have nothing. They have no policies. They have no uh, ideas. They have nothing that they can bring forward that's going to advance the American society. What this is is nothing more than an attack on Trump, as that is their strategy, is to attack Trump. That means that they have nothing in their back pocket, and this should worry America. I, oh, I, I lied. There is something that they have in their back pocket. It's called increasing taxes by, by uh, I think, almost 40%. He's in favor of 70% top tax rate. Yeah, Kamala yeah. is. Yeah, and, and what's the top tax rate? 29, 28, something like that? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, right now, the top tax rate is like 37, I think. Yeah, so, but, they, so he, he wants to add another 40% onto that to make it, it's like it's it's that is what they are bringing to the table yeah I, so nothing, quick, nothing else right no you're right before we get into more of the, i just have to make a general comment on messaging for i i think the rnc kind of kind of blew the messaging a little bit they went right after if she's phony absolutely she's a phony person personality but she they should be leading with how radical her positions are they are so radical I mean, she's pro. She's against guns. She's against. She's for abortion up to the point of death. She's for the seventy percent tax rate. You can go. She's for ending fracking. There's so much to work with there. They should just hit hammer, hammer that. Not worry about because if the phony implies that she she changes her position from moderate to left. No, she goes from left to further left. That's when she changes her positions. Yeah, look, all of their attacks on Trump that they they keep going back to tend to be you know personality based. Because the ones that they use that are actual policies and facts and stuff, they're all easily debunked. And this isn't exclusive to Kamala Harris. We also saw during that same speech, before she came out, Joe Biden got up there and talked about how uh, that right after the, the Charlottesville incident, Donald Trump called white supremacists very fine people. That has been debunked so many times that... Like the, the fact that anyone still believes it's real is just insane to me. But they all do. That's that's yeah, they all they, they all, all will cling to that. They cling to that. They cling to Russia. They uh, they say he they, called all Mexicans rapists. Like none of these things, things are true. They can't let go of. It, and if, not one of them was true. If you watch a like two minute video with context, you understand it's not true. What but, what about the mocking of the disabled reporter? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, he uses the same mannerisms to mock anybody he catches in a lie, anybody he catches flustered. It had yeah. nothing, everybody that he catches in that is just, he does it in the same way. It had nothing to do with his disability. It has to do with him being flustered. And that's how Trump mocks people who yeah. are flustered because he's caught them in a lie. But you know what's funny, Connor, is that it, when he said that, he, he tried to, Biden, when he's talking about Charlottesville, he goes, Biden's like, well, that's when I decided I have to run for president. I'm like, yeah, I'm oh, sure you had decided. 
Oh my God. It's not like Joe Biden has been angling for this job for a long time. But even on the thing with the, the disabled reporter, do you guys remember, this was back, I, I believe, during Obama's first run for office, um, Joe Biden was giving a speech, and the guy who had, was like hosting the event was in a wheelchair, and Joe Biden told the guy to stand up and take a bow, and then he saw him in a wheelchair, he's like, oh, never mind. How is, how is that comparison not made to Trump with the disabled reporter thing? Like, these are, you know, relatively similar events, and if one of them is not a big deal, the other one can't be a big deal either. I just, you know, here's the bottom line, is I want them on the debate stage. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Put Trump. them on the debate stage. Please. Yeah. Please put Biden on the debate stage. He will get so flustered. He'll probably, I guarantee you, he'd drop an F-bomb. I would not be surprised if Trump could not get him to drop an F-bomb. Trump's such a good debater because you don't know where he's going to come from. <laughs> he just, he just is, you don't know where he's going to, like, he'll come out of left field. So Mary did that to Hillary Clinton so many times, especially when she thought she had him on that, on the, uh, because, you know, at the time, Trump's like, I don't know if I'm going to accept the results of the election. And she goes, she thought she was like, I got him. So he even said when he was, you know, the apprentice was up for an Emmy that that it was rigged. And Trump, before she could even finish, Trump goes, should have had it. <laughs> this totally killed her, her vibe there, or what she was trying to go for. That's why you can't deba- why Trump's such a tough guy to debate. Because you don't know, you can't predict him. He's yeah. a New Yorker. He's a New Yorker who, j- who, who, who grew up. In the during the 70s and 80s, he came to his own during the 70s and 80s in real estate, having to deal with the mob on everything that he had to do. If you don't think Trump has got a quick wit and is tough, then you're selling him short because he would not have survived in New York City during that during that era, and not only survived but thrived. Yeah, the. Uh... The more hysterical the media gets, though, the more dangerous Trump coming out of left field with stuff like that can be. Because if you remember, there was that moment during the debate in or before the 2016 election where he basically said to Hillary Clinton, if I was president, you'd be in jail for, you know, the, the email scandal and Benghazi and all that stuff. And of course, the media ran with Trump is threatening to jail his political opponents. He's throwing out the rule of law and, you know, going to arrest anyone who disagrees with him. That's not what he was saying. But the more hysterical and hyped up they get, the farther they'll take these false narratives. And just like Biden with the Charlottesville thing, and just like Kamala Harris with all the stuff we just talked about, they, they don't get fact-checked. They don't get, uh, you know, called out for it. They never listen when these things are debunked. They just say, oh, the debunking is an additional Trump conspiracy theory. Um, so, well, uh, how, many, how many times have you heard the left say, Trump called the virus a hoax. Yeah, that's that's their that's their latest one. Right, he never called it that. Which but. he never called the virus a hoax. He called the way the left would use the virus a hoax, and that's where we're at. And he and yet the left will say that every single time you talk about COVID with them. Well, if Trump didn't call it a hoax, he didn't call it a hoax. Even left leaning Snopes, Snopes has said that he didn't call it a hoax. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Well, because they had to. The truth is there. If you listen to the video and the speech, he says it. So it's like, it's it's no, 
It's amazing what they can do. It, 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 I'll tell you what's amazing. What's amazing is Trump won in 2016, and they controlled social and mainstream media, and they're trying to do it again. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's going to work again. And, and I think the American people, it's, I'm telling you, more and more people. Did you guys see the walk away uh, march that happened? No, I well, that was in Beverly. I think it was Beverly Hills. I think it, it, it happened in. Mm-hmm. Did you see that woman go against that leftist when she was talking about Black Lives Matter? The, the no, I didn't see that part. He put him in his place, talking about the way that she she goes as a black woman. I need my black men lifted up, and you guys are trying. And Black Lives Matter is trying to put them down. Oh, it was beautiful. It, I, I highly suggest you look that up. She totally put, put uh, and of course, it was a white Black Lives Matter protester, not a, 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 you know, a black Black Lives Matter protester. It's amazing how most of these people are white and they, and, and they think they have the moral high ground. Because- yeah, they always they know what's best for minorities because it fits their agenda. A, a movement like BLM, again, specifically BLM, the organization, not, you know, just the movement that's against police. It's the same. You can't, you can't separate them. It's the same. Yeah. But you really can't. That, that movement slash organization is basically giving white people who already felt superior the moral high ground in conversations to the point where you can get a white man who, according to the left's own intersectional hierarchy, shouldn't be allowed to speak to anyone because, you know, he's the ultimate oppressor. Uh, you can get a white man who is a BLM advocate who is then able to presume to lecture a black woman about her proper role in society according to the standards of Black Lives Matter. Like, it, playing by the left's own rules, a black woman should be able to supersede a white man in any conversation ever because her identity ranks her higher. But that's clearly not how it's being done in practice. So it's insane that they just empower these people who already felt superior to minorities and giving them, you know, the the moral authority, quote unquote, to go talk down to minorities who clearly don't understand that they've internalized their own racism and need to be uplifted by the white saviors who come along to help them. It's ridiculous that that is how they are communicating, but that's exactly what they're saying. Well, it looks like we got a few more months of this. It's going to be fun. Um, it's, I, I, again, we just got to get them on the debate stage. Let, let those chips fall and, uh, and watch the show. I will, I will go someplace to find that debate. I will, go to a, I will go to a bar and wear a mask if I have to to watch that debate because I don't have television. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Ladies and gentlemen, hopefully you liked what you heard. If you did, please like this video, share this video, comment below. Do you think Kamala told any truth when she spoke other than what she said, good afternoon or good evening? Um, did she say anything that was correct or did Joe Biden say anything that's correct? Do you think they have anything in their back pocket that can help the American public? Comment below. Also, if you haven't already, please uh, subscribe to the channel and hit the notifications bell. That way you'll know every time a new episode is up. Also, bottom right hand of the screen, you will see a
button that says subscribe. Become a member of FreedomWire. It is completely free, no cost to you. Put your email address in and you'll start getting the stories that are important to conservatives like you and like us. You probably won't hear anywhere else. All right, that being said, team, we ready to log off and say goodbye. Um, any closing remarks, Connor? Uh, just remember to check the description down below. We have links to all the articles. You know, we, we quoted from Grace's write up today. If you want to know lies number four through seven that Kamala Harris told, go, go to that link and check it out. And uh, other than that, have a good weekend, everybody. Stay safe out there. Grace? Don't believe the lies that the Democrats are trying to make us believe. True story, as weird as that sounds. True, true don't believe the lies. And F-bomb, anything you want to you add with? Yeah, this is going to surprise people. I got something to thank Joe Biden for. I want to thank him for picking Kamala Harris. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> so much material. He, he literally picked the worst pick possible, as far as I'm concerned. So thank you, Joe. Um, I'm just going to remind you, our watchers, please remember, we need you this November. You cannot sit the sideline, sit on the sidelines for this one. We need to show up in full force. We need to, we need to, you know, have our voices heard. We need to get out there and vote. So be there, be the first in line, stay all day. And uh, because it's, going to lead to the most important thing the most important election in american history and if we don't vote we're going to find ourselves under the heel of socialism and oppression until then remember who you are you're an american stay free